Hi guys, welcome to the Renegade Movement Performance Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Lex. And this will serve as our introductory podcast here. So what we're going to talk about a little bit today is uh, just a bit about ourselves and kind of what we're doing. Uh, And then we'll talk about our next steps, kind of what our plans are for the future here. And that will tie up well into cash-based PT practice. So um, a little bit about myself. Uh, Myself and Alexis both graduated from Utica College uh, in upstate New York last May of 2019 here. Uh, I am from New Hampshire. And I'm from New York. Uh, And so we're both currently in southeast Alaska. Uh, When I say southeast Alaska, I really mean a suburb of Seattle. Uh, It's a remote island here. There's probably about five or 10,000 people living here. And it's only really accessible by a ferry system, which may or may not be serviceable still. (laughs) So we're kind of stuck on an island right now. Um, But it's been fun. It's been an adventure. And uh, I suppose a little bit about my PT or professional interests here. Uh, We're both outpatient, definitely outpatient or more or less performance uh, practice therapists. And I basically would say that I'm interested in anything that has to do with putting together the musculoskeletal and the nervous system. And definitely uh, interested in in public health. Actually, Lex and I will be attending a course in April through the Herman Wallace series of course instruction on that. So we're excited for that. Uh, Enough about myself. Maybe Lex can share a little bit about herself. Yeah, to piggyback off on Kyle, um, I'm pretty much just interested in all things athletics. Uh, One thing that I love a lot would be pediatrics. Uh, Pediatrics is pretty much my my go-to. I love working with kids, and I'm hoping to integrate both the pediatric and the athletic aspect at some point in my career. Um, Yeah, like Kyle said, we're on an island right now. It's, It's a cruise ship destination, so... It's kind of a nice place, but at the same rate, it's been really hard to be, you know, on this first travel assignment working in an outpatient clinic, being so far from home. So I suppose we should give some detail to that. So yeah. it's Ketchikan, Alaska, if anybody's with a K, Ketchikan. Uh, and it's a kind of hunting and fishing paradise. And definitely, like Lex said, in the summer, there's all kinds of cruise ships. Uh, one of my patients told me it was something on the order of a million dollars or more a day of revenue that they bring in just in tourism. Uh, throughout the summer so you know it's definitely a beautiful place in the summer but we went on a six-month assignment from September to March here so we did not really see the summer I'll say the winter is just really hard because of the darkness you know we'd go to work in the dark and we come home in the dark which just got kind of hard after a while but you know I won't discount the fact that this is a very small town and it's been nice because everybody knows each other and everybody's kind and everybody wants to help you out. So it's not like it's been a horrible experience at all. We've really liked it a lot. Um, I will say one thing about this experience was really cool is we definitely, you know, talking about direct access and being basically a primary care provider for people or the first line of care, we definitely got a taste of that here. Uh, just because access is kind of limited based on where we are in the world and the number of people who live here. So a lot of our patients uh, required further assessment and evaluation and maybe weren't appropriate for PT, but we actually you know, had kind of that cool relationship with them in order to help guide their care. And Alexis actually has a really cool story, if you want to tell that quick. Oh, jeez. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I had a patient come in, and he just had a couple abnormal neuro symptoms and some central signs. And his blood pressure was, he was in hypertensive crisis. So 
I referred him out to the emergency room, and he ended up being medevaced off of the island to Seattle. Actually, I think it was Bellingham, um, so that he could be treated, and he was diagnosed with a cerebellar stroke. So that was, I mean, I guess it was very a humbling experience. I'm very grateful that he was able to be seen. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> you can say it. She's a superstar. So. <laughs> but uh, it was even better getting to see him after he returned to the island because he has hardly any deficits. So that was really, really awesome. So yeah, like Kyle said, we're seeing a lot of primary care type cases and it's been, you know, a really good experience for a new grad to see all of this, but also very, um, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm thankful for the education I received and understanding and knowing all of my red flags and knowing when to treat a patient, when not to treat a patient. And I think sometimes physical therapists aren't necessarily seen as that primary care provider. And, you know, being here, that just kind of drives that home. We are certainly capable of doing that differential diagnosis and being a primary care provider. And it's just been really, really, really awesome to be able to do that. Yeah. So for any students, PT or otherwise listening, when you think you're taking a test on paper and it's just a <laughs> test for your exam scores and stuff, it might actually matter one day. <laughs> so pay attention, study up, and uh, definitely make sure you know the things that they're telling you will, will be important because they will be later on. It's like all those red flag mnemonics that we used to make. And we would just be like, all right, here's the red flags again. Let me list them off every single comp. And now it's like, yep, that was for a reason. Yeah, because I remember being that student and being like, this is nonsense. We're never going to need this stuff. And uh, here we are. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what is this podcast going to be about uh, in general? Not this episode, obviously, but in general, what's our podcast about? Um, so we're hoping to cover kind of physical therapy, professional and practice topics, um, hopefully relating to, you know, typically the athletic population, but our other interests as well, which, you know, pelvic health, pediatrics, and a lot of other subjects. Um, but maybe more so what we're hoping to do is expose, uh, the listeners of this podcast, you guys, right. To different medical or movement disciplines. So, whether that's, you know, sports psychology, nutrition, dietitian, um, yoga, yoga, yes, definitely Pilates, any type of OT, speech therapy. Um, I feel like there just are so many people out there doing really, really awesome things. And I feel like both of us have run into people, whether it be on our clinical education experiences, whether we're in school at continuing ed courses and we're like, man, you are a really cool human. <laughs> so it's just really nice to know that this is going to be our outlet to kind of get their wisdom and get their um, experiences out to everyone else so that we can spread, you know, what they know to out. Yeah. And, you know, what I would say that we do as physical therapists is give people kind of a roadmap or the how-to guide related to their own body it might be only to a specific part or parts of their body but that's what we do right and to me that's the most rewarding thing that I do uh, people really light up when they get something and they're like aha this is how I take care of that and whatever right because they're giving them those instructions and that piece of the map so hopefully this podcast helps people discover parts of the map they might not be aware they might need a little bit of work with um, you know notoriously crossfitters right um, and, you know, unfortunately, just based on human physiology, it's mostly females, but it could happen to males too. doing double unders, box jumps, stuff like that. If we're having leaking during those events, 
that might be typical, but not normal. And there's help for that. So getting the education or maybe hearing it on a podcast like this, I think is invaluable um, for people to know that there is resources available to them. So that's kind of what we're looking to do with this podcast. Yeah. And like at any time, you know, if you're listening to this and you have a question, PT or otherwise, if you reach out, we can definitely try to get somebody on the podcast that would understand or be able to answer anything about your question. And if it's not us, then we'll get the right professional to do so because we really value being able to help others. So we want to hear from you too. Where can they reach us, Lex? Uh, Well, right now, I guess we'll have to set that up. Um, Kyle just threw me right underneath the bus, but we'll figure that out and we'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have an email set up, but we'll we'll have to figure that out. (laughs) But in in lieu of the email, you could get at us on Instagram, definitely. We do have an Instagram account, and that is at Renegade Movement, and it's MVMT for movement. Okay, so there is some way to reach us. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) As far as the schedule of the podcast goes, uh, we're hoping to release one episode per week. That might be variable on the day, depending on who we're hosting, uh, just based on their availability. So if there's somebody really cool we want to talk to, but they can only make it on a Thursday and we were planning Wednesdays, you know, we want to make sure we accommodate people who have really valuable input to share with us. Uh, And then some of them will be just Lexus and I talking about, uh, you know, different topics within the categories we had discussed before, you know, PT practice and business and cash PT and all of our interests and some of them we'll just be talking about those between the two of us and hopefully more of them so that you're not just hearing our jaws flap are with some other cool individual who has uh, stuff to share from their respective field Um, episodes we're hoping to be under 45 minutes per uh hoping (laughs) we'll see we'll see yeah i mean it depends you really can't put a time limit on knowledge so we don't really care if we go over but we do want people to listen so um We'll try. We'll see. (laughs) Well, ideally, you're able to listen to this. You know, who's going to listen to a podcast in their car? Probably, right? So so hopefully if it's under 45 minutes, you can listen to it either on the commute in if you're driving into a city or, you know, on the way part on the way in and on the way out. Uh, But hopefully it's not too inexorbitantly long and it is interesting the whole time. For sure. So um, let's take this opportunity, I guess, to discuss why we're going from travel PT to a permanent position. Yeah, so travel PT is amazing. Um, it's it's incredible that we can get a job almost anywhere in the U.S. And we have a compact license. So because we are residents of New Hampshire, we already have licenses in 16 other states. It, it's very quick for us to grab a license in a state, say Washington, um, because of that compact privilege. So we could virtually get a job almost anywhere in those 16 states right now if we wanted to and you know being able to travel the world the world (laughs) the country is pretty cool and you know you get to work during the week explore on the weekend and we've seen a lot of that here in Alaska and it's rewarding for sure and you know if you're a student you know the salary you get paid a lot more to be a traveler because you don't have that permanent home so obviously coming out of school you know we're both almost two well I am over two hundred thousand dollars in debt and Kyle's pretty close to that so you know, this is one of those things where it was about the money. It was certainly about the money for a long, you know, we have to, we have to make money in order to cover our bills. So we did it. We jumped up, we jumped ship. <laughs> we did travel PT. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it was basically how can we afford to pay our loans yeah. and make decent money while still 
being having a PT. some semblance of a life and being yeah. a PT. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so, I mean, and yeah. it, it's been a good, it's been a good gig so far. Um, like we were talking about earlier, it's a, you know, six month position in Southeast Alaska, which is not common. It's typically 13 weeks and we did 26. Yeah. So um, it was extra long. <laughs> and, you know, I think this was a good fit being that we were well prepared, I think, but I think most new grads, this would have been a very difficult assignment to go to. Um, it's a continuing education that we were able to take before we left school. Oh, so we should mention that, I suppose. So, uh, go ahead, Lex, what courses have we taken? Yeah. So we have done, I'm LSVT big certified. Uh, we've both taken rock tape, uh, rock blades and the rock tape course. And we have both taken McKenzie part a, so we're, that's a lumbar spine. So we're pretty, and we were able to be exposed to pain science, et cetera, before we even graduated. So that really helped us one on our clinical year and two thrive in this first position that we've had. Uh, you know, we took those courses as students, so it was super, super helpful because it was before our third year of clinical education. So if you get the opportunity to take those courses as students, reach out to them. They're more than happy to accommodate you. Uh, that's one thing that a lot of people don't know in regards to those three courses. So je- definitely do it if you're a student. Um, yeah, so that's really helped us. Um, so, you know, continuing on the travel stuff, right? The other thing that is really attractive for people is it's travel, right? It's in the name. So you get to go places and see things. Um, a couple friend of ours is recently uh, moving down to Hawaii and they just accepted a position there. And so I said it, we have <laughs> we're a little jealous right now. Yeah. They're posting pictures in their bikinis on the beach, but <laughs> I say it's it's definitely a rewarding field because you get to go or a rewarding position, you know, being a travel PT in general just because you get to go to different places and you're not I don't say that one word. I don't want to say the word stuck, but it is necessary like if you have a full-time position, you're in that location. Um so with travel PT, you know, every 13 weeks you get to move and experience new things, experience new people, new places. So that's definitely a rewarding part of the job. But for us, we've really found that, you know, we found value in a couple things. The one thing that I would say right off the bat is that I find value with of the, you know, the relationships that we're able to have with providers. So being on this island for the past, you know, it's been five months right now, a little less than five months. And, you know, doctors know who we are. If we call them, they know our name. They know who we treat on their patient list. I have some nurses from doctor's office that I treat right now. And, you know, they are able to talk to their providers about us and then give us more referrals, et cetera. And they really understand who we are, how we help, why we're good. And, you know, that's been super rewarding. So that relationship that we're able to have with providers, you know, I always talk about having a relationship with my patients, just making sure that I know who they are. But like, I really am now valuing that relationship with each provider. And so going back, we're, you know, that, to that permanent position, that's what we're looking forward to. We want to be able to get involved in the community, make relationships with those providers and be able to reach out when we have questions and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the things with travel, right? Is you ideally as a physical therapist, you're integrating yourself as part of the healthcare team and wherever you are at. And that's what kind of Lex is talking about, right? Talking about how we're good. She means, I think, uh, how PT can help patients <laughs> and help people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not we're that we're good. brushing our own shoulders, right? But <laughs> no, but so, 
you know, <laughs> looking at how PT can really help people. Uh, and so some providers may or may not be aware of that. You know, there's all kinds of statistics about opioids and injections and other uses of, you know, musculoskeletal pain relief and whatever versus PT. Just send them to us. We can help, you know, is the message. But um, when you are on a travel assignment, whether it's 13 weeks or six months, even still, you're only there temporarily. So you might have built or be in the process of building those relationships and that rapport with other providers to the point where, you know, if you need to refer somebody to them or vice versa, you have a good relationship with that person and it can really get your patient taken care of. I think what Lex is saying is it's going to be nice to go back because when you're doing travel, you don't have that. You're there for 13 weeks or however long it is and then you're gone. So that connection piece is huge. And it's not just us talking to the providers, it's vice versa too. Just because sometimes people, providers aren't aware of the services a physical therapist can provide. So having that relationship will be really nice. So that kind of dovetails into the other reason is, so we're going back to take a permanent position. That's going to be an outpatient physical therapy position. Uh, We're also going back to start our own cash base practice on the side. And so that's going to be kind of a proof of concept for right now, uh, likely a couple days a week. And the kind of nice thing about that is we're going to be able to start reaching out to the community, like we're talking about with providers, but also meeting people where they are. So if we're going to go put on a workshop at the local CrossFit box, that's going to be an awesome thing for us or at the you know local yoga studio or uh, jujitsu dojo, wherever it is, right? Yeah. Uh, so we can share, you know, what we have as physical therapists and ourselves personally to offer people and also kind of, you know, figure out what needs we can help fit and, uh, meet in the community. Kyle's kind of talking really (laughs) calmly right now. Like I'm over here shaking, thinking about this whole thing just because it's, it's, it's pretty scary to start your own thing. And, you know, you've heard it a thousand times, just do the thing, uh, and I guess we're doing it, and it's pretty scary, uh, but it will we'll get by. I think it'll be really fun. We're really excited because that's what we want to do. You know, we, we really love the education component. We love that whole let's host a seminar thing. That's always been our thing, and we really want to work with those high-level athletes that, you know, may not be able to come to traditional physical therapy because of the... Th- the impairments that they have and i think that'll dovetail into saying, what we're talking ins- yeah insurance wise yeah right? insurance wise because you know insurance won't necessarily cover you know i'm having pain while i squat so i it, can't i can't pr my snatch you know, yeah <laughs> or uh my friend time hasn't gotten better in two years or something you know yeah like it's not necessarily a, a an insurance based coverage because if essentially if you are fully functional then physical therapy may not be covered. And that's a really tough thing that we've seen on this island as well. You know, as our first job and within our clinical rotations, you know, we can't treat those high-level athletes because of those reasons. And I say can't treat very lightly. You can justify things for sure. But to get to get, to get a high-level athlete where they want to go, you will need to work outside of insurance-based practice. Yeah, and so let's... I guess that's one uh, kind of maybe unknown within the community at large, right? We're talking about to hopefully dispel myths and provide education to roadmaps that people might not even be aware exist about their own body and performance and movement, right? So that's one right there is physical therapy is only for when I'm injured and can't do stuff. And that is for sure not correct. Um, 
Now, what we're talking about is within the insurance model, it might be very difficult to get coverage and otherwise it's kind of, there's not a good structure or environment or business practice or however you want to look at that within insurance-based clinics for individuals who can't get coverage and need to work on performance objectives. Um, And when we say high-level athlete, that's another thing. So I don't care if you're, you know, 19 years old and you're going to go look at your D1 football, you know, starting season and you need to work on your performance there. Or if you're a 50-year-old dude who's, again, like we were talking about trying to cut some time on Fran or trying to get rid of that knee pain when you're doing uh, whatever wad it might be that's bothering your knees, you know. So you are a high-level athlete to me if you're working on your own stuff and are trying to move well and move often, you know. So you don't have to be, (laughs) I don't know, pick your favorite athlete in order for us to consider you a high-level athlete, right? Like that's a concept with CrossFit in general is everybody is an athlete. Treat them like an athlete. Um, so, you know, but we're talking about insurance and so insurance kind of, uh, limits you in a lot of ways as a physical therapist. So I guess let's delve into the cash PT model. Well, you can also give an example about our current situation with our dancer. Oh yeah. So to illustrate the problem, right? Yeah. We have a dancer who's 15. Um, she's basically dancing full time and, uh, so dances life, right? So she does all kinds, jazz, ballet, whatever else. And um, we're seeing her because of chronic ankle instability, essentially. So her insurance is uh, a high deductible, kind of, let's say, less likely to cover type plan, you know. Uh, And currently we're fighting for visits. And so they had approved six visits from the get-go. And uh, we did all we could to fight for more. And they were going to go and give us what, two? Yeah, they gave us two. But, you know, she's, if you had to paint a picture of her, she's relatively healthy. Now, she just had something happen acutely, so that's a different different story. However, before last session, she is, you know, she's dancing 22 hours a week. She's doing just fine. Um, she's not really limited with stairs, walking, running, anything like that. And she was out of pain. So, essentially, you know, she probably didn't need to be covered by insurance at that point because they see her as fully functional. Uh, But for us, you know, she's preparing for an audition in February out of state and she really wants to get into this high school program because she'll be able to go there for high school and also train. It's basically a track to go to professional dance. Right. And she really wants to go. And so we're trying to make sure that she has all of the physical um, fitness that she needs to have in order to do that and to decrease injury because, you know, as we're learning in... Uh, current dance PT class that we are doing. Shout out to Jenna Cantor on that. Um, You know, the more hours that you dance, the more at risk you are for an injury. So we're trying to do preventative care is what we would call that. You know, we don't want her to get hurt. But right now we're at a situation where we can't necessarily get visits covered for her. So, you know, this whole cash PT model comes into play with these athletes who want to have preventative care. They don't want to come in when they're hurt. They want to come in before they get hurt. Um, you don't necessarily, like I said, have to be in pain to be hurt. So that that current situation that we have is really, it's really opened our eyes to the need that there is for those athletes outside of insurance-based care. Yeah. And so that's one way that you're kind of limited as a physical therapist with insurance-based practice. Um, and, and so therefore, 
go to cash BT because you're not going to be limited in what you're doing there. So I think a lot of people would like to hear probably how that works. And so traditionally, right, if you go to an insurance-based clinic, um, and this is really most things within the healthcare system, you show up, you give your insurance stuff, you might get evaled, so on and so forth, right? And how that works is your insurance is paying an agreed upon, agreed upon amount behind the scenes to whoever they're contracted with, whoever's in their network. Uh, and so they basically bully around whoever they can and say, hey, we're going to cover X, Y, and Z. We're not going to cover X, Y, and Z. And then we're going to give you this amount, this dollar amount for this service. And they might decrease that the next year. And as a um, practice, you might not have any kind of say over that because you either accept what they're going to give you or you're not in their network and therefore can't take their insurance. So um, that's kind of how that works. Now, whatever your insurance covers, it might be they cover a certain percentage from the get-go. It might be you have to meet your deductible more likely nowadays. You even have to meet your deductible um, before they'll start to cover that percentage. So let's say your deductible is two grand. You have to have paid two grand into your medical expenses for that um, term or period, which is usually a calendar year. You pay that two grand. Now they'll start to cover, for instance, physical therapy at an 80-20 rate, meaning they will cover 80% of services and you are liable for 20% of them unless they deny coverage for some reason. So when we look at that, right, that copay that you're paying, that 20% or whatever it might be, depending on your policy and your plan, is likely somewhere between 30 and 70 bucks, depending on um, the PT clinic you go to, your plan, and a lot of other factors. But basically, let's call it 50 bucks, right? So from the insurance-based model, um, and actually the place we're at right now is excluded because we actually have hour-long visits, which is really nice and really generous yeah. and uh, really allows us to do some cool stuff with our patients. But So excluding the current place we're at, most PT places, because they're trying to keep up with um, reimbursement, which is why our clinic can do so well, is, you know, they're really, reimbursement fees are, are really good here. Um, other clinics, most other clinics in the U.S. have to kind of fight the fight and take what they can get from insurance, which means less and less money per patient, meaning they have to run more patients through. It's kind of like Walmart, right? They they work on low profit margins, but high, high sales volume. And, right? you know, we're not saying by any means that insurance-based clinics are a bad thing because they are 100% great. You know, patients get great outcomes with insurance-based clinics. So we don't want anyone to think that that is the case either. Um it's just we're trying to shed light on how that is going behind the scenes. You know, yeah. who gets paid and how they get paid. It has nothing to do with, you know, whether insurance or cash base is better. You know, better is better. <laughs> well, f yeah, for sure people get better at, at insurance-based clinics. Otherwise, they wouldn't run anymore, right? right? I mean, if it just was a joke, then nobody would ever go anymore. Um, but like we're talking about, right, for people who might have objectives and goals and life needs that are outside of what insurance will cover this is where the cash PT realm exists. And so what I'm kind of talking about right now is how does that reimbursement scheme work and where are the kind of limitations within that um, that maybe don't meet everybody's needs, meet those performance athletes' needs, right? So um, essentially, right, let's consider that you were getting coverage, okay? And it was a 20-minute schedule or something or a 20- or 30-minute visit. And they wanted to see you two or three times a week. So if we assume that your copay was $50, now we're talking about 100 to $150 a week. 
to go to those two or three visits, right? So the cash PT model assumes that you are an adult who is responsible, right? And if you are highly functioning enough that you basically have needs that are outside of what insurance will cover, that typically means that you're going to do your stuff, <laughs> okay? So you come see us and we spend kind of um, as much time as is needed, right? To do a really comprehensive eval, whereas maybe in an insurance-based clinic, we are constrained by insurance and can't do as thorough or as long of an eval. Um, and then we really find out what exactly all of your needs are as a moving human. And so you get that one-on-one -on -one care. Then what we do is we devise a plan for you and see you maybe once a week, once every other week, once every third week, once a month even, right? Depending on what your needs are, meet you where you're at. And so the sessions you get might be, yes, a little bit more expensive because they're cash and they're out of pocket, but they're not more expensive when you consider that you're getting that one-on-one -on -one attention, being treated like an adult and saying, hey, here are the things that you can do to work on this and giving you, you know, a very tailored, customized program and plan for yourself. And then you get to kind of go on your merry way and try those things, right? So if you looked at, I don't know, $200 for an eval and you looked at $100 for follow-ups. So let's say that $100 follow-up. So we see a once a week even. That's still cheaper than three times a week for a 20-minute session with a $50 copay, right? So it's still going to be cheaper for you um, even if we did see you once a week, which uh, in the performance cash-based field is maybe not as necessary even at that frequency. But even still, it would be cheaper for you. So And the option does exist too to bill your insurance yourself. So with the cash PT model, you we are not going to bill insurances. However, we can provide a super bill is what they call it of what we did. And you can submit it to your insurance yourself to be reimbursed if they will honor that. So it's not like we're totally turned off to billing at all for insurance. We're just not going to choose to bill those insurances ourselves. Um, so you can all, you can do that by yourself. It's And the reason that is, is because, you know, that distracts from patient care. Yeah, honestly, for sure. And, you know, we've seen that with some of the administrative stuff that we've seen behind the scenes at the current clinic. You know, the girls work really, really, really hard to get you know, communication with insurance is waiting on the phone for, you know, two hours at a time. So it's really tough to add that to our schedule. And that's two hours that we could have been helping someone. So it really does distract from patient care in the long run. And if I have the choice the to model. be on the hold call with Aetna or Blue Cross Blue Shield for three hours of my life, or to help somebody achieve their goals for three hours of my life, I'm definitely going <laughs> to choose to work with somebody and help them achieve their goals. So. For sure. Um, for sure. And that prevention, you know, that's the big thing for us too. So that allows us to, to be preventative care providers. And that's really a huge goal of ours. So yeah, I mean, how's the idiom go? It's like, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Yeah. So, you know, prevent things before they occur, uh, rather than trying to treat them retrospectively. There's something like pay for your health now or be prepared for disease later. I, it's, that's a horrible rendition of that quote but it's something like that so yeah that's kind of like what we're going on um so that kind of describes a little bit about cash base and why we're thinking of uh doing that now in our lives um like we said if there's any kind of people you might want to see or, or perspectives you want to hear please let us know that if there are any questions that you have based on something that was said in the podcast or in general 
Drop us a DM because we we're not really sure about that email yet. <laughs> yes, I guess drop us a DM. Uh, <laughs> I'm, and go ahead and drop that at sign again there for us. Yeah, it's a renegade movement. Movement is MVMT. Uh, you know, thanks for listening. If you are listening, uh, we really appreciate you. This is definitely not something that we pictured ourselves doing. And it's, you know, we're currently sitting here at 9.50 on a Sunday night in our pajamas doing this for the first time. So it's, it'll be fun. We're really looking forward to it. And we're hoping that you're going to hang out with us and listen to our podcast. I just hope (laughs) that it provides some value to somebody. Absolutely. Even (laughs) if we help one person, then, you know, we've done our job as far as we're concerned. So thank you again. And we will, you know, have that next episode out hopefully next week.